Imagine suddenly without warning being forced into quarantine so you don't contaminate your family. Imagine suddenly without warning, you no longer have access to your normal emotional comforts. Imagine suddenly without warning, you have to give it to yourself. Imagine suddenly without warning, you go from invincibility to sheer panic in one week. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life. Episode 12, Validation. I started this podcast back in March of 2021. I got coronavirus back in April of 2020 and was forced to go into quarantine for a week while forced to face a lot of hard truths, a lot of beliefs that weren't true, and a lot of self-actualization. After emerging from quarantine in April of 2020, I realized my marriage was over. And then as I was weaving through that journey, I realized a lot of my childhood programming from having an alcoholic father and a very manipulative mother was very ingrained in my subconscious my thoughts, my feelings, my validation, and intertwined in my marriage, my relationships, my friendships. And what a gift it was for all of that to happen. I recorded my last episode, May in 2021, and I thought I was done. However, the universe... (laughs) showed me something else. So much has changed since I last recorded. When I recorded, you know, I had a very good relationship with my my ex, um, friends and all that. But some epiphanies have happened along the way. And plot twists, it wasn't all his fault. He and I actually came to a very powerful conclusion and realization about his beliefs, his programming versus my programming. He was at a friend's house, a street over, and I had our daughter, and he had said something like, you know, texted me, hey, if you need anything for Sophia, let me know. Well, something had happened, and she wanted me to reach out to him, and he didn't respond. And then a few hours later, I called him, and he was acting very weird on the phone, as if he was probably with a girl or something. I was pissed. I felt like he was purposely setting me up, to play mind games with me and wasn't being transparent and direct and I was pissed and it's so interesting because he has been such a wonderful person in my life my entire life and then shifted to this other role now of where I need him to be and has been amazing and wonderful through all the stuff with my dad's death and 
all of that. But within five minutes of me feeling betrayed, I had revenge. Within five minutes, I was like, oh, all that stuff that I have stored in my garage that I said I would be happy to keep until he found a house. It's, it's going in storage. I mean, burn it to the ground. I mean, within five minutes, I had all of the things that we had worked hard and lovingly through to accomplish. And within five minutes, I was ready to burn it all down to the ground because I felt betrayed and rejected. So the next morning, um, I was still really angry and he still had not even reached out to me and how dare he not reach out to me and explain himself. And I was just more and more pissed. Um, but when I woke up, I was still angry and I was like, Christine, why are you so mad? What, what is it? You know? And, um, so then I shifted my mindset to let me think about all the things that I'm grateful for about this man. And it wasn't hard to do. I was very easy. And I just started kind of lightening up and smiling. And, you know, there's a million things I could think of why I'm grateful for him. And within a few minutes, he had texted me and, you know, said he was going to come by and pick up our daughter for something. And he was going to bring me coffee or I don't know. Anyway, so he got, he came to the house and, um, I wanted him to stay for a few minutes because there was something personal going on, um, kind of a side thing going on with me. And he told me now he wasn't going to be that guy. And then he told me he was starting to date and he didn't want to be that guy. So talk about revenge times 20. Um, I did not even realize there was things I was still holding on to that I still missed him and loved him and had this fantasy in my mind that, you know, we were maybe going to get back together. And I just started busting into tears and, you know, yelling at him saying, you know, you've moved on, but we're still sad over here. And, you know, he looked pretty shocked because <laughs> um, he'd listened to the podcast. <laughs> But it's funny how we have these things, these unconscious, subconscious things that we don't even realize that are in there or that we're holding on to or actually can mean something else. So I was crying and um, he was very sweet and we talked for, for a good hour and what we came to the conclusion of was I was raised in a world of rejection. My mother raised me to believe that people are either rejecting you or not rejecting you. And his programming was judgment. So he told me that he shut down and did not open up to me because he was afraid I was going to judge him. Which then, guess what? I felt rejection because he wasn't opening up to me. And here we have it. We all have childhood beliefs that are not true. I found it astounding that he told me I know him better than anyone. And I'm thinking, I don't even know who you are anymore. 
because you don't talk to me. You're a different person. But those things are so ingrained in us and we use them as armor. We use them as defense mechanisms. We use them in reactions. And it was astounding to me that his programming was judgment and mine was rejection. But what a relief it was to figure that out. And man, I am so grateful to have someone like him to have a safe space to get to the bottom of that. I mean, that's kind of unbelievable that you can do that with a ex-husband. So we had a really good cry and a good hug and I felt like a whole weight was lifted off of me and you don't even realize that you're carrying around weight sometimes, this emotional weight of whatever it is. You don't even realize that you're so heavy and then you release it and you go, oh my God, I didn't even realize I was carrying that. So that next week, I really wanted him to know how much I appreciated him. I made him dinner, you know, nothing romantic or anything like that. It doesn't matter. I don't have to explain myself, but I was just very grateful for him to allow me to have that safe space and for him to, like, you know, I would do anything for him. And what's funny, you know, I've tell people this and there's been a few that go, well, y'all going to get back together. That's not the point. We're going to be together alone with ourselves. Like the most important thing in our relationship is that we want the best outcome from one another. And we know the best outcome is separated and not together. Love ourselves individually. And then when he loves himself, I love myself, then we love each other in a different way in the non-marriage sense because we are both really good humans. He's a great human, I'm a great human, and we have a great little human that we created. So it was very powerful to come to that conclusion, but it doesn't end there. What's also interesting with me is that through that, realizing that my mother raised me in a world of rejection, people were either rejecting you or not rejecting you, that I am someone that creates these fantasies in my mind that involve rejection or not rejection. It's funny. (laughs) Like, when my ex would come to get my daughter, you know, it's about her. But I would feel rejected. Why doesn't he want to stay longer? Why doesn't he want to go swimming with me? Why doesn't he want to go on a date? And I was like, why, 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 you know? And I would have this fantasy in my mind of us getting back together. But five minutes later, I'm thinking, that's never going to work. <laughs> but I started looking at why am I doing this fantasy land shit? Like, it's, it's not real. It's not going to happen. It doesn't, it doesn't serve me. And then I started realizing I do those things for external validation. 
I didn't even realize external validation and all the forms that it comes in and takes in the different areas of your life. When you're seeking the thing that you never got in childhood, in relationships, friendships, job, your children, what a pets, whatever, money, external validation. So creating these fantasies in my mind and hoping that he would go, let's give up together. And I would say, yes, because that's, and I'd be like, yes, that's the validation. I'm getting this validation. I'm getting the thing I never got. But then I know five minutes later, I'd be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm so happy. So I started looking at external validation and all the things that I do to get it and why am I doing it and it's so interesting because I never realized that's what I was doing or thinking or looking for and that's when you go I will never get that thing that I never got in childhood. I will never get it from any person, anything, the validation that I'm looking for is with inside of myself. And man, that was an eye opener because I realized I had difficulty with that and still kind of do getting better. But I realized the difficulty I was, am having with giving myself internal validation is because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy of giving it to myself. I don't know how to give it. How do you, how do you give yourself internal validation? How do you give it that to yourself? You've never been taught that. You've never been shown examples of, you know, self-care, saying nice things to yourself. You never have ever been given an example of that. How do you do it? Where do you find it? Where do you go? <laughs> what? What? How, what? Step one, where do you go? <laughs> you know, so, but let me say this, having that realization of these things I am like seeking and other people and events and whatever for external validation, knowing that's what I'm unconsciously doing. Now I'm conscious of it and I'm able to see it. Now I can do something about it. And that's when you go find your worthiness. <laughs>